Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealth Management Association podcast. My name is Jared Ryan, and I will be your host for today's episode. Joining us today for the first time is my friend, Ruben Levinson. Ruben is a founding partner of Washington Avenue Ventures and Washington Avenue Advisors while being a managing partner of Exit Quotient Ventures. In this episode, we talk about Ruben's journey in entrepreneurship and financial planning, along with his current and upcoming projects. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the MSU WMA podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest who is making his first appearance, an entrepreneurship guru who seconds as a financial planning and venture capital wizard. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you, Ruben Levinson. Ooh, I like how you put guru. Thanks for that. Certainly. Yeah, you definitely are. I mean, you have so many different <laughs> ventures going. It's, it's hard to keep track with. I actually had trouble thinking about how I was going to introduce you today because I can be so a many different companies. Yeah, it can get yeah. a little complicated. When you work with uh, somebody in wealth management who's truly an entrepreneur at heart, they're not your everyday typical uh, wealth management. I would have to agree. If you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your first business? Ooh, first business. Yeah, so Ruben Levinson, and I'm a local person here from Lansing, East Lansing area. I've got my, I grew up here, raised my family here, three kids. Uh, two of them are already out doing their own things, entrepreneurs, and one is still here at the house. Um, Washington Avenue Advisors is really what I kind of tell people is our core business. I've been doing that for almost 20 years now with my business partners, wealth management and financial planning, mostly a fee-based um, shop where we we work with people to develop their financial plans, manage assets, help with risk management, estate planning. And a, a pretty big focus on business owners and entrepreneurs, because that's who we all are. And we enjoy working with them the most and helping them really uh, build and build the value that they're looking for and help them sell and exit eventually to transfer that to their family. That's a lot of what we do at Washington Avenue Advisors on the wealth management side. And then, as you know, Jared, I've got a couple other businesses. We, we spun off a venture studio and a venture fund that I run and focus on early stage entrepreneurs and founders and scalable companies supporting those in the region here and then we're involved in a few other things rio town uh, commercial development ul coffee but my first business would go way back uh if you don't want to count nine years old when i started my first paper route then we'll say my first real business was about I was at state at Michigan State, um, junior at Michigan State. No, I was a sophomore when I started uh, Serta Pro Painters. It's a little different than the college painting ones. I did do that in my freshman year, and then decided I wanted to own one, and I bought a bought into a franchise system, Serta Pro Painters, while going to state, and that was my first real business endeavor. What was the most valuable lesson you learned from Serta Pro Planners? And how did you apply that to your other ventures, specifically Washington Avenue Advisors? Yeah, with Serta Pro Planners, you know, the most valuable lessons always come later when you're looking back. You don't see them when you're in the middle of them, that's for sure. Um, 
I ran really hard with that. I, I didn't know much about how to work smart. Then I was working hard. I was grinding uh, as a lot of early younger entrepreneurs do. Um, but learned a lot about people. And there was, you know, it was definitely a people business. You know, you had two sides, kind of two marketplaces that I had to manage as the owner of the company. It was the customer facing side that's critical to the business. And I was out doing estimates and working with homeowners and business owners on their businesses to help design and define what they wanted their space to look like. And we were a big part of the final look, whether it was a new construction project or a repaint of a job. Um, everything we did gave them that feeling that they were looking for. So I got, I really learned a lot about how to connect the emotion of what people wanted uh, and not just look at the surface of what they wanted. So uh, I also learned that it's very hard to translate that kind of a transaction, the emotional side of what someone's paying us for. It was really hard to translate to that, to the actual labor force, the painters going out to do the job. Um, that was a constant struggle to get them to connect with not just being out there to put paint on a surface, but connecting that with what, you know, the experience and the emotion that was really around the, the customer paying for that job. Uh, took a lot of that into what I do today, really understanding people and psychology of how they make decisions and purchases. And I've done some training and advising for a lot of our people on that. Thank you. Why did you, along with your current partners from the Centennial Group, create Washington Avenue Advisors? Yeah, so a group of us that were all working at Centennial Group downtown for years uh, kind of found ourselves, as our practices evolved in that environment, we just found ourselves to be like this more of a niche group there that was focused on more of the holistic and values-based financial planning, uh, more of a comprehensive approach to planning for families. And so when you, you're in a, at Centennial Group, there was, you know, 20, 30 advisors all focus on different things and different ways of doing business. But a group of us that kind of organized ourselves into the financial planning unit uh, eventually decided that we could do better for our clients by going independent and um, not being associated with that broker dealer. There was a lot of limitations with that for us as entrepreneurs to be able to invest in other things in the community and uh, also be advisors. It was really hard in that environment. So about uh, 2018, we separated and went independent and opened up our own RAA, Registered Investment Advisory, directly with the SEC. So we're federally registered RAA, regulated by the SEC. And that just was a really good move for our clients and the families we work with, the business owners we work with, allowing us to work with them in a more holistic and objective way. With certain broken de broker dealers, you have a certain product that you're supposed to emphasize or push. I know that you guys have a much more comprehensive view along with the RIA space as well. And I also know that you and your firm put emphasis on having a solid exit strategy. What are the benefits of implementing a proper exit strategy in the future and in the present? Mm. Yeah, exit planning and exit strategies have this general association of business owners, they think it's, you know, that's something I'll do when I'm maybe a couple years out from wanting to exit my business. 
but we're pretty big on, in fact, I've just been posting on LinkedIn and stuff about this lately. We're pretty big about entrepreneurs and business owners should have an exit plan from day one. Like I, I believe I went through a, a process when I sold that painting franchise of doing it the, the old traditional way, which is, you know, at about 28 years old, I thought, yeah, I think I'm ready. I, I built a really nice business here. I think I'm ready to do something else, reinvent myself. And um, that's not typical. Not a lot of late 20 year olds decide to sell their first business, but I, that's just a serial entrepreneurial nature of, hey, I built something cool here. I want to sell it and let someone else take it from here. And I want to do something else. I want to actually help business owners do what I did. But I really think when I look back on that, like not only could I have had a better experience with that sale and probably even a, a higher um, price when I sold it, if I had been doing exit planning, you know, for years prior, but I tell people, think of it like your home um, or if you've ever sold a home for people who've gone through that process, you get your home all, it, it takes like six months to a year almost to get the right contractors out, get all the, get the kitchen and all the primary areas looking their best, get your certain improvements that you've got to get in, get the yard looking great. And then you're ready for those open houses for people to come look at your home. And then what happens then is like a lot of homeowners start to actually fall in love with their own home again. And I've seen some of them decide to keep the home because it looks so good as they got it ready for sale. I told business owners, you should do the same thing your business should be appearing and acting in your employees and the way they're, you know, you, the, the environment, the culture, everything should be in tip top shape all the time. As if you are planning for exit, that's not only going to make the business owner, the entrepreneur more uh, passionate and, and happy about what they're doing, but for the teams, there's more retention, the value goes up. Uh, so I, for that reason, I tell business owners, you should have an exit plan from day one and you should appear as if you're for sale from day one. And we have a program we do for them called exit readiness. That's kind of that prep, the prep before thinking of exiting. And, and I think, I think that's really important. Thank you. You demonstrated that you are an entrepreneur yourself, so you can relate with some of these business owners what areas of emphasis does Washington Avenue Advisors also focus on besides exit strategies? Yeah, Washington Avenue Advisors, our team is uh, at the core. What we focus on is values-based financial planning and wealth management for families. And currently we do that actively with 200, a little over 200 families and we have a, a system and a process we take them through where the, the discovery and onboarding at the front end is very value centric. We dig pretty deep and we genuinely want to know what their, what's important to them for their family, their, their legacy, their estate, all of that. So we have a series of questions we take them through on the front end to get to really know them. And then we start to develop a plan around that. Um, I like to think of it, you know, a lot of people think when they go to a financial advisor, they're going to make me live on a budget. Um, we operate from like a reverse budget thinking the way we build budget is let's budget for what you need to be setting aside and, and doing for those big long-term goals, whether it's financial independence at an early age or education for the kids, 
or a year around the world they want to do with their family, which I've had two clients do in the last couple of years, uh, the experiences they want to create. So we take those big things and we budget for those. And then we say, you know, whatever's left, go ahead and spend it and live on that today. And we'll manage, you can manage that. But um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but we really like to go at it from that values based core and build a plan around that. And then the money gets uh, managed and allocated in portfolios also around those goals because those goals help define liquidity needs and when they need the money and for what purchase and what trip. And we set it all up in, in buckets like that. And that's, that's the core of what we do. Um, and we primarily like to do that with business owners al along with a good business plan that aligns with it. Yeah, you definitely answered that. That was a, uh, was a great answer to my question. Thank you. Washington Avenue Advisors is not just an amazing advising company. You guys are also reaching out into the community. Last Thursday, I was lucky enough to attend the first Washington Avenue Advisors sponsored leadership talk with Eric Maddox. Can you speak a little bit about the previous event and the series objectives? Yeah, I'm glad you got to attend that. That was pretty neat. And I saw you got to spend a little time with the staff sergeant afterwards, too. I did. Yeah. Um, that is something we are really proud of right now and happy to be bringing. It's our first time doing anything like this. And we've decided to invest a pretty significant amount, more than we've ever invested in any marketing strategy or anything, because this is well beyond a marketing strategy for us. This is for us just a really unique and meaningful way to bring leadership development. Uh, the, the primary thing, you know, if we're going to be good, we're good financial advisors and we, we know how to build a financial plan. We know how to help a business owner with their exit planning. Um, and we have such a network of other advisors and resources we can bring to them. But the one thing that we felt as a, when we sit down in our, in our boardroom and we do our planning, the one thing that we focus most on is personal and professional development of ourselves, our partners, our key people. And so we just thought this is a great way to bring that to the broader community, not only to our clients, but we're opening it up to the public. Um, these sell out. So 75-ish people is about all we can, you know, do these for right now. And that, um, but I think bringing that, you know, Eric Maddox talked about empathy-based listening and leadership. Where else are you going to get that, you know? And the impact we can have on people to help with their personal professional development through this leadership series is something like I said, we're just really proud to bring that. And we're, we're, we've decided to make a pretty significant financial investment in doing it. We're going to try to do three of these a year. So not quite every quarter, but the next one's on June 29th. Um, Jenny Fedorovich, Russian immigrant, who has got an amazing uh, entrepreneurial and leadership story to share. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a good one too. I think that'll sell out too. Yeah, that's definitely going to be an excellent talk as well. Not only are you and the WAA hosting individuals for leadership talks, but you yourself are also hosting other individuals on a pretty innovative podcast. I don't want to give anything away. What can you tell us about it? I'm guessing that's flying with founders since I don't have any other podcasts going right now, but yeah, flying with founders started really organically. I, I'm a recreational pilot. I fly for, I'd say, business and leisure and mostly for adventure. It fits me well um, because a lot of what I do is uh, working with leaders and helping grow leaders through entrepreneurship and adventure. 
And so that's where Flying with Founders came in. It started from literally just because we have a venture fund, you know, we have a lot of founders that will come on and pitch for investment or for support from our venture studio. And I think it was sometime last spring, right about this time, maybe last spring, um, weather was getting nicer, was sitting in the office doing all these pitches. And I grabbed one founder and I said, do you mind if we just go do this one? Um, you mind if I take you to the airport, we'll go flying and do this one. And um, told somebody about that. And somebody said, oh, you're flying with founders. And that's just where it came from. And so from there, it's just people kind of supported me and said, we need to get this going. And so we got the GoPro in there and now we're just starting to capture content. I haven't really launched it, but plan to launch that later this year. Just taking founders up and um, doing a more of an informal, a little bit more of a vulnerable environment for them to give me some uh, background and the story on them and why they launched their business and, and what they're up to. Yeah, I mean, that's, I haven't heard any other podcast that goes up and flies with their interviewees. I, I think that's absolutely amazing. You yourself has been, you have been an active speaker as of late, making appearances at the 2023 Resource Roadmap and our very own MSU Wealth Management Association. What upcoming events can our viewers see or speak to you at? Got a few coming up. Uh, next week is a big one. I am taking 12 founders and MSU uh, EA student founders. Got a really good group of people from our uh, local startup grind community. Uh, Julie Holton from M Connections and I are the co-directors here for Lansing Startup Grind, which is part of a global network, one of the largest uh, communities of entrepreneurs in the world with 6 million members worldwide. So we are going to our annual global conference out in Redwood City, Silicon Valley. And I'm so happy we get to take a group of 12 with us and the exposure and the network they're going to build there. Uh, especially some of the student founders is going to be neat. So that's next week, all week. It's going to be a busy one. And then actually Julie and I will be on stage on a global stage as the MCs on Tuesday, the 12th, uh, organizing and introducing and keeping all the big speakers and presenters on task there. And these are uh, pretty big thought leaders in the venture space, you know, tier one investors like Doug Leone of Sequoia and others that we get to, to MC for next week. So that'll be great. After that, what have we got? We have an event for Startup Grand Lansing right when we get back. I think it's Tuesday the 18th. Um, I have to check that date, but we have uh, an event where we'll be sharing a, a lot of what we take from that global conference, mostly around what's happening in AI. Because as you know, whether we're in wealth management, venture or what, uh, AI and let's just say chat GPT is affecting everything. So we'll be talking a lot about that. Uh, Startup Grind, we hold like monthly events. So there's always something going on there. And then of course I mentioned June 29th, we've got Jenny Fedorovich coming for our leadership series talks. Uh, we can get a link hooked up to this if you want for that. What else have we got coming up? It's hard on the spot to think of all those. We've got um, some events coming up in Detroit to but yeah that's that's all i can think about the bat yeah well that's a whole host of events that you are lined up and ready to go go do uh for the for the viewers watching you can definitely stop by and see ruben i think you would definitely love that and i was going through your linkedin yesterday and you said you don't believe in retirement 
Can you explain the mindset behind this belief? Yeah, I got a couple interesting comments on that from people who uh, maybe don't agree with me. That's fine. It's just my thoughts, right? Uh, I, I said in that that if you've worked with me or done any financial planning with me, you know my thoughts on, I, don't, I just don't believe in the concept, the general concept of retirement or even the meaning of that to withdraw. Um, I don't feel that we were meant to, to do that after, especially let's just, you know, focus mostly on entrepreneurs. And I think most of them agree with me on this, but after everything you do to um, build a company or whatever profession you're in, all the, the knowledge and the thought capital that you've attained over time and how, how important that stuff still is. So I just was sharing that I don't believe in the general uh, traditional concept of retiring and withdrawing and stopping to contribute to your community and to your, your teams and to society in general. I think that what you develop while you're going through life should continue to be used and shared and put into action. And so oftentimes at Washington Avenue Advisors, when we're building out a financial plan for someone, we'll talk about the goal of financial independence. And that's different. That's when you can be at that point of having the options where money isn't driving your decisions anymore. And you can choose to do what, you know, we like to help people in that kind of think of it as your second mountain. You know, you might've got to that first mountain, you realize I could do a lot more. There's a second mountain. And that's when you take everything you've attained for, for knowledge, resources, talent, um, your network, and you kind of reinvent and do your next thing. And maybe it's even, you know, a bigger contribution. So that's what I was getting at. I just don't believe in traditional, like I'm going to work to a certain age. I'm going to hoard everything I can save. And then I'm going to be done. And I'm just going to go golf and live my life. I, I, I have a hard time with, with that. Yeah, I, I can certainly see where you're coming from. And I can, I, I myself, I think I am in the same boat with you there, because if you work on something so hard, you can't just let it go, especially with the amount of things you have going on. Going back to entrepreneurship, I know that there's a mentionable, mentionable amount of Burgess scholars that listen to this podcast. What advice would you give them along with other aspiring entrepreneurs? Mm. I think one of the things that comes to mind that I wish somebody would have shared with me earlier, like in my 20s, is um, just really the self-awareness uh, is such a big thing. I had none of that in my 20s. And like I said, I was just capable, but I, I was capable of working hard, but I didn't really know how to align a lot of what I was doing with my unique skill sets, talents, and you know, even limitations that I had at the time. So I, I talked to a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs and wealth advisors about self-awareness, emotional intelligence, digging in and getting to know themselves and operating more from that um, base than just their abilities and their capabilities of working hard, uh, because that's just much more sustainable. Um, Enneagram comes to mind. I've had a, a couple students recently that I've shared Enneagram with. I think it's one of the best ways to get to know yourself is, um, and I, if you post anything in your links, I can give you the link to the free Enneagram test. And then I highly recommend anybody who does that order the $20 full report at the end and read it and get to know yourself in different environments. And um, the biggest thing I took away from that myself and have helped many others with is understanding 
how you'll show up in certain situations when you're in a healthy place or an unhealthy place and being able to recognize that how you lead how you work with teams how you are in relationships how you are at work school all of that if you can kind of get to know yourself better you'll be more aware when you're needing to take a breath or re-anchor yourself and um that can be just a, a such a a more sustainable way to build personally and professionally yeah we can definitely add that link in there you said it was enneagram was that the enneagram uh i'll send it to you there's so many of them out there but there's one i like that it's a free test and then you have the option at the end or the 20 dollar report which i'd recommend uh e-n-n-e-a-g-r-a-m enneagram uh but i'll have to get you that link Amazing. Thank you. Going off of that, what specific advice would you give for someone wanting to start a financial firm or a financial business? Would the advice change or would it be, how would it differ? Yeah. And again, it does kind of going back, it goes back to knowing yourself and knowing, for instance, when I was 20, 1920, 20, somewhere in there, I remember trying realizing as I was taking finance classes at Michigan State, I remember all my friends were pretty clear about what they wanted to do and they were going to go out and get their accounting degree or their finance degree. And they were going to go work in some big corporate environments. And I had like zero attraction to that. None of that sounded interesting. I didn't know why at the time. I didn't even know what entrepreneur meant at the time. And Michigan state didn't have any entrepreneur minor or Burgess or any of that. So I felt lost in my classes and with all my friends talking about they were going to go to Ernst and Young and do all these things. And I was like, none of that interests me. And I didn't know why, but um, if I had known myself better, that would have been a, a better way for me to get started. So I would say, if you're thinking about getting into wealth management, um, first of all, you got to understand, are you looking to work in the corporate versus individual family side? Uh, are you looking to work in a, a large brand name? and that has a lot of resources or, or are you more entrepreneurial and want to start your own and more of a boutique setting like we've got now um broker dealer world can be a great place to get started because they might start with salaries and things to make sure that you can cover your bases while you learn the business and you might be able to find a place where you're around other sharp advisors that you can learn from i had i, I benefited from that a lot early on um and then really knowing you know if later or starting out, if you're ready for an independent shop, I think that there's a whole lot more that comes with that, a lot more of managing a business, managing people, compliance. So I think if I were talking to anyone, they're trying to make that decision, we would run through like, first of all, who are you? What's important to you and how you want to work with your clients? And then do you really understand what it takes to run your own versus join an existing RIA or broker dealer? Thank you. I know a lot of our Wealth Management Association members are thinking about starting their own firms in the future, and I think they'd, they'd really benefit to put that advice to work. Would you say it's harder to start or grow a financial business, and why? Mm. It, it's, it is hard to start, uh, especially if you're coming out of school and your network is not fully developed yet you know you've, you've got a great network of friends peers family members but that's not always the best new clients for you when you become a wealth manager and get your cfp and 
you know, you're all qualified to do the financial planning, but you're, if you start out on your own right away, then you've got to have a pretty strong network of people that are going to become your clients. And you're going to feel the first few years, like all you're doing is prospecting, marketing and selling yourself versus advising. Um, so if you really came through your program and you just want to get right into the advising work or you want to support a group of advisors, you're probably better off joining a group. And even like us, we take on, um, we're one of the few people around, I think, that take on new uh, younger grads and have a couple different paths for them to come in. I met with one of your friends yesterday, actually, Jared, and talked about the different ways to come in, um, whether you start right out as an advisor or you start as an associate support advisor or as a para planner, uh, handling the the back office planning reports, building the reports out, having them ready for the meetings with clients, sitting in on those meetings. So many ways to get a good foundation in this business if you can hook up with the right team. Um, I, I think I would strongly suggest for a, a newer graduate that they would go that route versus start out right on their own, trying to build the business side, run their own compliance, do their own prospecting, build out the cases, do all the client reviews account services, like it's a lot. And, and I couldn't do what I do without a solid team, the solid team that we have. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Speaking about starting from the beginning and having a great team, I know that you were looking for interns. If you're still looking for potential interns, how would they apply and how could they contact you? Yeah, it's simple. Just uh, reach right out to me, uh, Ruben at wa.ventures or r levinson r l e v i n s o h n at waadvisors.com email me tell me a little bit about yourself your interests let's we'll get an informal intro just come over to the office here in rio town uh or if they're away we we'll do a, do a zoom call just just want to get to know them we've talked about some of this stuff like what interests you what what do you see self how do you see yourself working in this space in the next few years? Do you want to be client facing? Do you want to be in a support role? Do you need guaranteed salary versus a bonus program? Uh, so we just kind of get into that to understand. And we generally don't have like a one size fits all. We like to get to know the person. If it's the right person, the right fit, the values align, we, we generally can create some type of internship if we have some time to plan for it, not immediately, but we have some time to plan for that um for us we are we we believe in the next six 12 months we're going to have more internship need because of the the leadership talks we're doing and other things we're doing in the community to really start to support business owners who would like to get that exit readiness going so that's what we hope to be bringing interns in to help us in the, the work we're doing with business owners yeah i know we have a ton of different people who have not gotten internships yet within the Wealth Management Association that are just amazing individuals. I hope that they can find their way to Washington Avenue Advisors. You spoke about Rio Town. I know that you're revitalizing it and it's one of your projects. Could you speak a little bit more about it? Yeah, it's actually here in my background. I can't see it very well, but Rio Town, what REO stands for uh, was Ari Olds, the gentleman who founded Oldsmobile here in Lansing. And a lot of people don't know that history and that story here. Um, my business partner, Nick, and I were just kind of 
stumbled into this about five, six years ago when we were deciding to go independent and we were looking for a place to put our, our office. And we just saw this emerging little section of town down by the big new BWL. You can see it right there. Um, what happened is this was a really dead kind of, not, not, a, not a great part of town. And you wouldn't spend any time there. Really. You wouldn't even know about it years ago uh, I grew up in the area and I wasn't allowed to go through this part of town as a kid so uh, but BWL came in and uh, put a pretty big investment in this this part of town they put this large building I want to say it was like an 80 million dollar investment in the streetscaping the lighting for them to put that that facility their campus there so that paved the way a little bit for developers like us um, to come in and buy up some of the the old retail shops and mixed use spaces that were all dilapidated and dead and boarded up. And we just, um, a couple partners and I started buying these and we just felt like this is a huge opportunity for us to help build a new emerging community. And there was already a strong community starting to grow around Rio town in the neighborhoods, but they needed things like church and a coffee shop and salons and barbecue and now you've got blue owl coffee we helped open the first blue owl coffee here in rio town saddleback barbecue was already there kind of pioneering the way uh, those are friends of ours that saw the same opportunity we did as did several others like good truck and diner i believe they've been on like diners and dives so like rio town's starting to get on the map uh, as we came in and started buying up more of the buildings and reactivating them with like a salon. We put a yoga, a really good yoga in people's yoga, uh, a lawyer's office, our office, this one you see here. So that's been a, a big project for us over the last five years. We've invested a lot in the main strip of Rio Town. We own, we own most of the buildings on the main strip. Um, I think we're the single largest owner of them. And, and then just kind of working with the community on what they want and how they want to see this community grow. It's been a really fun project. That yeah, sounds like an amazing place now. You've completely revitalized it. I'll definitely stop by later this month. As for your other projects, what do you have cooking and what can you talk about? Man, you got a lot of them out of me already. Did a good job. Uh, Startup Grand Lansing, we talked about that. We got a lot of neat plans for um, bringing new new ideas and and uh, helping people expand their network in the startup space. That's on the venture side of what we do. We talked about the leadership series talks that we're doing from Washington Avenue Advisors to, to really help bring leadership development to our community and the business owners we work with. Flying with Founders podcast. Uh, I've got one other thing I didn't mention. I'm, I am um, planning to do a Flying with Founders inaugural retreat. So we're going to do a retreat with young entrepreneurs, founders of companies. Um, if they're, we're gonna we're gonna figure out who's gonna be the best fit. But it's gonna be in January of 2024, and that retreat is going to be more of exactly what you and I just talked about: leadership development and personal wellness for very busy, uh, very stretched thin founders who are growing early stage companies. Um, and then we don't really talk, we've got, you know, we've got a venture fund. So Washington Avenue Advisors, we launched a venture fund to help our clients and the public learn how to access and for the, for the people that it's the right fit for, it helps them access uh, private investment in early stage 
venture-backed or venture-seeking companies here in the Midwest, uh, primarily Michigan. And so that's something I'm very active in, and we hope to really build that over the next few years as a way that people can allocate some of their money. You know, if they've taken care of all the basics for their family, this is a way they can allocate some money to more impactful investing or more meaningful investments where they can meet the teams, meet the founders of what they're investing in, invest in things they care about and um, get a little more intimate with their investments, a little more involved that way. But uh, well, other than that, I don't know. I think that's a lot of what I'm got going on right now. Full play indeed. How could an individual apply or sign up for the event in January, 2024? I can get you the link for that too, but, or they just go to our website waadvisors.com or Google us Washington Avenue Advisors. And we have an events tab right at the top. We go to the events, it'll show past and upcoming events. And right now we're offering these completely complimentary to everyone. And um, we'll see if they keep selling out, we might we might have to get broaden these, make them bigger, get bigger rooms. And we might have to charge a small ticket fee in the future. But right now they're, they can just sign up there. Amazing. Speaking about being stretched thin, I have two podcasts along with an internship and class, and I feel completely replete. I, I don't have any time. How do you manage to find time with everything else you're doing? Because you're I know you're doing way more than I am. Hmm. Uh, I've been asked many times how I'm able to be involved in so many things, and my 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 answer to that is always uh having the amazing partners I have in all of these. Uh, if you look at my world and where I, who I work with, that's how I'm able to do this. Um, could not do all of this on my own in any way, but Washington Avenue Advisors is run by four of us partners, um, Nick Pope, Amanda Beeler, and Brian Klemzak. And then we've got a solid team there also, Brandon Weaver who came from MSU, Amanda Walsh who run the office. So couldn't do, what we do without these teams and partners. And then on the venture side, I've got Angie Pope and Stephanie and John Mashney, our attorney, and just amazing kind of rock star partners who have bring all their life experiences, their business experience, and have the same passion and heart for working with business owners, entrepreneurs that I do. So just aligning with people like that. Um, same thing on the venture fund with Brock and Ted and Paul Jakes, who you know, they're at Burgess. These are guys that I feel honored to be partners with in a, a venture fund and so many other endeavors. And then if you look at what we're doing in Rio Town, the development, I could go around the horn of the partners that I'm involved with there and who manages what and the, the talents each of them bring. So I, I'm honored to just be able to align with really good partners to be able to do all of this. Sounds like you have wonderful teams for each area that you are involved in. And I completely agree. Having a good team is essential for success and for time management. Ruben, I love speaking with you today. Is there any parting advice that you would like to share to our WMA listeners? Mm. Well, if they're listening to this, they're probably uh, already kind of my first advice is like, take the time to invest in yourself with stuff like this. And if anything in this strikes you that that I can help with, I'm, I'm here to help. Um, or provide resources, point you in the right direction, share my life experiences. And I guess that's part of my advice is that I hope anybody that's uh, listening to this would do, do the same and build their personal and professional life around being able to kind of 
have that self-awareness and then share it, share that with others, you know, help them align too. Ruben, thank you for your time. I had a wonderful time speaking with you. Yeah, same here, Jared. If you like what you just heard, please like, comment, and share. This is Lance Mullen, producer of the MSU WMA podcast. MSU WMA, or Michigan State University Wealth Management Association, is a student organization part of the Eli Broad College of Business, located in East Lansing, Michigan. Our mission is to inspire and educate the next generation of financial planners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, please check out our channel on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And check out our social media at MSUWMA and MSUWMA.com.